Today on Much More Much Here, we speak with Yulia Klaas, star of the movie Captors. How are you ladies doing? Oh, great. It's great. I'm so excited to be able to speak with you about nice. Captors. I watched it and it is a phenomenal oh, movie. So thank great. So Captors is a horror, uh, a psychological horror thriller, but in that it is way more than that. And it talks about a very profound point of um, the psychological damage that uh, human trafficking victims suffer, which is, it's something that's not genuinely seen um, out there in the movie world or the TV shows or anything like that. It's always just, you know, they, it's almost like taken, for instance, it's the, yeah. the taking the part or saving the person or, mm-hmm. but there's no real depth to the struggles that people And thank you for do. pointing this out. This is a very great observation uh, and something to take out from this uh, movie. Yeah, for, for sure. It's really, really good observation. Thank you. I, I loved it. And I was able to, I study things. <laughs> I'm one of yeah, those people yeah. that I need to know the the ins and the outs, the, the symbolisms, all of that. And I just think that the movie was so incredibly well done. But it tells the story of Alice, a victim of human trafficking, who in the midst of trying to push past her mental blocks caused by extreme PTSD and other psychological issues due to the severe trauma that she suffers, and in trying to find a safe haven and to build a new life in which I, I really enjoyed the legalities of that as well, because mm-hmm. that's something that's not ever covered or discussed either. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so she's got legal roadblocks that she has to try to fight against as well. Um, and then that struggle, because, you know, in, in real life and as in, in you saw yeah. in the movie, it's really hard to, um, to, to adjust to the normal to, life and it will never happen. That is so true. Yeah. And then, you know, like getting a job and, you know, various things that we don't even think about that the movie hit on, which I thought was brilliantly done and pivotal. Um, I'm going to let the director know. He'll be proud (laughs) to hear this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but she finds herself battling her demons 10 years later in the most horrific way. Um, This piece is written by Philip Day and directed by James Cullen Bresak. Um, and it is starring our lovely Yulia, who's right here, Bruce Davidson, Michelle Burke, and Josh Kelly. So the topic of human trafficking is a painful one that absolutely deserves immense amounts of respect. Um, I think Philip Day, uh, James, and yourself managed to convey the anguish, pain, suffering, turmoil and such experiences can cause for the victims in a very deeply respectful way. So how did you guys manage to encapsulate the various dynamics of this heinous evil in the world? Um, We wanted to, originally the script um, was lacking several elements and um, our executive producer, um, T. Bethman Thomas, he actually was um, a co-writer of the story he, it was um, his idea to incorporate the fact that this person was um, sex trafficked into this um, um, into this country, and um, because it, there was something lacking uh, 
you know, in his mind in the story originally. And uh, when once we added this, everything started flowing organically. Um, and, you know, it is very, like you pointed out, not a lot of outlets, not a lot of movies are talking about and showing the um, internal um, fight of uh, the survivors of, of these um, captivities, right? Uh, some majority of them die. It's just the statistics, you know, and those who make it, they they are left uh, to be basically on their own to deal with these because um, they're alone in this world. You know, they don't have relatives. Uh, they are scared of anybody and anything. They're most of the time illegal and, and then they're forced to re-entry the Ill illegal world of, um, you know, of any, any transaction that is happening in their life pretty much is illegal. So we just wanted to uh, highlight those elements of um, what these people are going through. And specifically, you know, we're talking about this character, um, the demons that she's fighting and um, her internal struggles are enormous. And um, that's pretty much what we try to uh, showcase here, the, the horrors of her existence in this life. And yes. no matter how hard she tries to live a normal life, um, most likely it will not happen for her. It's unfortunate right. reality. Right, and that's, but that's the reality for all of these victims. You know, they're, the, the programs, the support, the counseling, I mean, you see in the movie, where she's kind of pushed out of counseling because yeah. she's not progressing or she's exactly. hung up or so that's the And then she has to uh, empty the space so the, the, the next girl with a similar problems or some other problems can come in, you know, and use the social service workers. But, um, but the thing is, you know, again, this is the, the horrific reality. And at least, you know, in this country, um, these victims, they can obtain some sort of counseling. There are countries out there, if they do survive it and they end up somewhere, you know, in China, most likely they may not be, you know, not to, not to point out, you know, maybe they do have counseling, but we heard stories that very scary things when people survive what they have to go through. So um, we're lucky that here we can have um, reliability of services of this nature, even though they're limited as well. They're right. not extending themselves, you know, far out because right. they're, you know, complementary state covered services and right those victims cannot afford you know being a psychiatrist on a regular basis too and that's why uh, they can't make it because they don't have a consistent attention to their psych psychological and psychiatric needs right right and 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 that was i like that that was touched upon as well in them in the movie and then you know with the samples of of medicine and things like that because the and the heartbreak that was that her therapists, mm -hmm. you know, with knowing that she still needed so much help, but her hands kind of being tied um, and not being able to provide that help. So you did mention talking to other people. Did you guys actually reach out and do research of in that course. way? Yeah, yeah. Both James and I, we spoke to doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, um, patients, you know, and um of course, a lot of them, you know, they'll always be anonymous. They, they don't, they're, they're afraid of everything. They're, right. you know, um, it was not specifically victims of sex trafficking, but there were victims of certain other captivities, you know, mm -hmm. uh, different um, abuse victims, you know, and uh, all of them, they are, they have everything in common where they're really like, they don't know how to go on without proper psychiatric help. And that's not, not necessarily, you know, medication we're talking about. We're talking about, right. you know, just 
counseling and, you know, on a regular basis, because it's like being uh, in, in treatment for, you know, recovery from alcoholism or drug mm -hmm. addiction, you know, if you don't yeah. go to the meetings, you know, if you don't see the people that are, you know, um, going through the same uh, problems as you're going through, uh, it's not most likely going to work what you're trying to achieve, you know, so right. Um, that's what we're trying to cover here in this film. And I think you guys did it beautifully. Like it was, it was very well done. Um, you guys were able to, to grab that depth, that emotion. And that's what struck me because <clears throat> I loved about this movie is it's not dialogue focused. Right. Like exactly. I noticed that and I was like, you know, it, it's, there's it's um it's very minimal dialogue in there very yeah. minimal and that's what attracted both James and I to the film mm -hmm. is the fact that um you know there's not much dialogue and we um he is a director he needs uh, you know to <laughs> to figure out a way how to shoot it and how to use the camera angles and the lighting with the director of photography Dave Newbert um and they did a great job especially as the movie progresses you know you can see the hallucinations increase and how the lighting changes as we go more forward with the film um so for, for an actor to take a role that pretty much carries the whole film it's uh challenging both mentally and physically too it's draining but at the same time you get this adrenaline rush because you want to finish it you want to get to the to the bottom of it you know mm -hmm. and then you get in the character and it's like it becomes frustrating experience you know because it's like hitting your head on the wall and it's like trying to achieve something. And so it's, it's a very challenging, both emotionally and physically role. And you know, I think when you're an actor and you want to grow, you want to get more roles like this, mm -hmm. you know, because you can always get roles with dialogue. It's of course, you know, and we do have dialogue in the film, but um, most of it centers on isolation um, almost, um, um, you know, because because she's like, like, kept in this one space and it's almost claustrophobic and um that's what makes this uh, movie a little bit uncomfortable at times to watch and creepy due to other elements of it you know yeah like i think the first Whoa. yes and i think the first experience that i felt like dirty and creepy and it yeah. was well done was the landlord yeah scene it started i was sure it, i was sitting here like oh that is so just exactly that's another showcase of she's trying to be to live a normal life she's trying to adjust in the society and then the first thing you know the person who's her landlord is is seeking sexual favors in return for uh, you know other things so um she can't escape it so in her vision in her mind men only want one thing from her right you know and uh yeah. she's just uh, you know She's, she doesn't feel human. She, she doesn't feel normal and she probably never will. That's the problem. Right. And so throughout the movie, we see Alice internally struggling with the realities and or delusions of damage that's been caused to her psyche. So how did you funnel the energy into your brilliant and emotionally driven raw performance? Like what in you was able to well up to help create this character? 
um, you you research you you research the role. You um, not just by talking to other people, but you know once you start reading the scenes, and you're you always have to understand where's this character coming from. Mm -hmm. What is her? You have to kind of put yourself in her shoes. That's what you know. Right. Teaches in acting classes. This is what we once you start you know doing more films and especially roles of this nature you really study the character you study like what is, you know where did she physically come from where what is she thinking right now possibly you know is she thinking a life of you know i wish i had my mother near here so i can talk to her and i to know who she is and so i can cry on her shoulder because i don't know you know who my family is that maybe she's thinking about you know, like, I, I just can't wait to get another pill right now in my, and, and that, <laughs> and it's like all of those conflicted thoughts in her head, um, it's just a mess in her head. And so mm -hmm. you're trying to put yourself in those shoes and how would you act if your head would be messed up right now to the point where you're not eating, you don't have food, you have leftover from those pills, the uh, antipsychosis pills that your psychiatrist gave you recently and it's only a few pills left you're afraid to eat the food because you know it's poisoned right um and um so no food uh no water pretty much and just the medication so that's a recipe for a disaster right yeah and that's that was the beautiful thing and i think one of this the, one of the scenes that really spoke out to me with her and her internal struggle is this, the, it was towards the end where she's got the knife over, you know, Josh Kelly. And then you see in real time that internal struggle with the delusion versus the reality. Right. So versus her other, the, the, the twisted Alice comes in play and um, James created that character. Um, okay. In the script, it was a little bit differently described. And then James coming from a horror background he literally created this uh, very scary, very mm -hmm. sloppy and, um, you know, dirty character that is, that is her guilt. This is the guilt she lives with, right. you know, like this is some, this is somebody who is like following her and tells her, uh, you know, her kind of almost split personalities telling her, this is your fault that you got kidnapped because you right. wore that makeup because you wore that, you know, mm -hmm. um, that bad girl. You know, if you didn't wear that makeup, nobody would have kidnapped you, basically. So right. um, to live with that self, self guilt and, um, you know, and we also portray if, if you um, you've seen the film. So you saw uh, the Stockholm syndrome. So this. Yes, I was be... actually about to touch on that because I did yeah. notice that it was um, so because she lives in these two different worlds and not truly feeling like she belongs anywhere like you were saying, there is the portrayal of Stockholm Syndrome as well, which I think is a pivotal aspect to these victims. And mm -hmm. oftentimes as a society, we question the hearts of the victims, their intentions, and even shame them uh, even more by not truly understanding the effects of this sort of trauma and how it can create that Stockholm Syndrome with their captors. Um, so how did you creatively come up with the mannerisms and the facial expressions and the emotional fortitude to eloquently display like this terrifying phenomena? Well, the, the thing is, um, we had uh, young Alice was played by another actress. Mm -hmm. So so I was not specifically in, in those scenes. It's mm -hmm. kind of like the flashbacks when right. the memory starts coming back because all this 10 years, her memory was blocked. She can't remember anything. So when mm -hmm. she starts r recognizing things and starting the memory starts coming back, we see that uh, 
you know what she, what what she was doing so like this uh pervert basically was trying mm -hmm. to get this other personality out of her and that personality right. wasn't it wasn't like she had a split personality it was uh -huh. just she knew if she becomes that person she will not be beaten she will be right. you know taken care of right uh, she'll survive it's yeah. a survival mechanism it's basically mm -hmm. creation of positive feelings for in in, in hopes of creating a you know survival for yourself you know right and that's, I think, where people don't understand the innate drive and 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 that aspect of Stockholm syndrome. It, it it's it is about it's real. that. It's, it's real. It's very real. Exist. Yeah, and the uh, significant fear of death, of torture, leads to uh, Stockholm syndrome. You know, and uh, just the the victims are really scared, and they have no other choice. They either die or they cooperate, basically. Right. No. Right. So, okay. I have to ask, cause I know a lot of creatives will delve into themselves into like the deepest, darkest recesses of who they are, like their experiences, their traumas and things like that. Um, and it sometimes can be hard for them to come up for air and recenter. Did you struggle with um, the emotions and the content of the story or how has it changed you? Uh, it definitely, you know, there were moments where, you know, I had to stop for a second, take a breath. And believe me, I've uh, there's so many hyperventilation scenes in there, which are <laughs> physically draining. If you start hyperventilating just for one minute, you'll see mm -hmm. how it's going to be like, it's, it's going to create dizziness. And, you know, so physically it was very difficult, but I'm talking about, I had to actually stop and take a breath like a real breath mm -hmm. um because some of the it, it was just too challenging at, at moments at times and then james and i will, will regroup and we will start over um and sometimes he will change some things and he'll say hey i want you to approach it from this angle or from that you know it, it, we, we change the um the script pretty much on a daily basis a little bit here a little bit there little tweaks um not like major change but you know right well, and that was the beautiful thing because there's, you've got that evolution daily of the script and the characters and what they're doing, which helped tie in, I think, the story in a, a much more wonderful way because all of you guys were flexible to be able to move with the story of Alice. Um, as a writer myself, I, I tend to uh, have characters speak to me. Um, and they tell me which direction they want to go. And as soon as I like, I don't want to go that direction. I'm going to force it this way. They stop talking. They're like, okay, we're done. You're not, <laughs> you're not allowing me That's creative it. control yeah. to tell my story. So yeah. I, I think in, in, in having that evolution of the character that you guys were doing daily mm -hmm. helped really bring her to life and true. felt so real like you guys were literally telling her story and that was beautiful Thank and you. That's, that's good to know that you know someone appreciates this and sees it um you know but it's it's also what what helped uh, toward the end the escalation of events is when we brought in the twisted alice because i mm -hmm. think that character changes everything you yes. know it, it this is the actual horror of what you know, this is the, the, the captors there, there's multiple captors. Some people sometimes say, who, who are the captors? And, you know, you have to watch it, of course, to understand it, but right. this is, it's pretty deep. This is within her, this is within her mm -hmm. soul, within her mind. And it's, this is something that torments her on a daily basis. And that's the horror of this film. Right. And, um, you know, like, that's something that I did notice. I picked up on that because 
Well, this this story is also a story of inner strength and breaking free from chains that bind you with one's own mind. So you're facing and fighting demons of trauma. We may suffer clawing our ways like out of the void. Um, the most poetic thing about this film is the fact that it's told, you know, mostly through visual angles of shots, music choices that supplement. Music plays the, a big role as well. It does. It really does. And I did notice the music choices for each specific moment. And that supplemented the emotion in, in it without like being too much or too little. Um, so, and then the, your impeccable ability to relay the gamut of emotions for every diverse moment. You flawlessly transitioned from joy to terror to invoking strength. Um, <clears throat> so was this, pro was this piece one of the harder ones that you've ever worked on? Yeah, I think uh, not even hard. It's challenging. It's not hard. Nothing is hard in life. It's challenging. Right. Um, just because, uh, you know, emotionally you're drained and then physically at the end of the day, you're drained too. You go, you come back home at, after a long day on the set and then you feel like you just went to the emotional gym. You know, you right. work, overworked out a little bit this day and then the other day. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard, but it's, but it's doable and it's challenging because we can't just be all the time the same, you know, play the same role, right. even though a lot of actors, they typecast it all the time, right? Yes, I, I see it all the time. <laughs> Every time. And this is how we make money. This is how, you know, uh, people, you know survive in this business but right. at the same time every single actor who's typecasted I guarantee you everybody wants something challenging and um you know this is one of those examples where you know I'm very happy to have um to have been chosen for this project and to to carry this film you know like I, I I'm very proud of it and um you know like I'm, I'm hoping there's more projects like this will come my way uh, where we can tell I think it would be a disservice to you if more projects didn't. You have such a robust range uh, and you see all of it in this film. You see all of the ranges in which you can play, which, I mean, that's one of those things that I think makes a great, a great actor is being able to share all of those emotions, you know, the roller coaster and you, and roller coaster, you, yeah. yeah, you do it so beautifully. Um, so how has this movie changed you? Um, it's it, it, not that it changed me. It just, I, I started, you know, I always was um, aware of, you know, and uh, paying attention to the stories about sex trafficking. And, um, you know, I know people who live with depression and, you know, mental illnesses, which is very sad outside of being, you know, uh, in right. captivity, just, you know, in general mental illness is a big issue. Right. Um, and then after this project, after, you know, doing all this research and portraying this character, you pay attention even more. Like, you know, you, you just like, you see a note somewhere in the bathroom in the movie theater where it says, if you notice, you know, suspicious activity and it could right. be a sex traffic victim, you know, make sure you report. There's in the plane, we fly and now there is a special sign that uh, a victim can make if they know that to communicate with a flight attendant or with anybody nearby to kind of create an, an awareness, you know, the more people talk about it, the more people will participate and engage. Um, I think the sooner this issue will be taken more seriously. And I don't know about the resolution completely of this issue, just because as long, you know, just like um, an economy, if, as long as there is a demand, you mm -hmm. know, there will be supply. 
unfortunately. Right. So yeah. as long as there are people uh, out there who buy those services and pay for those services, unfortunately, it will exist. Right. Those are black markets. They're doing this. But again, the more people get involved, the harder it will be for those bad people to do what they're doing. Yeah. And I think the, that that's why I found, you know, I was expecting uh, to get a psychological horror thriller because that's the genre that it's lumped under. Mm. But it was it was really so much more than that. It was so much more depth to this. And it really kind of makes you sit back and question um, what we are doing for these victims. How can we stop it? You know, what are signs of this? You know, how can we better support the mental health aspect of this? And it really does touch on a whole broad range of, of things that nobody is talking about. It's like a taboo subject and nobody is talking about it. And that was the powerful thing about this film is like, it was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. Oh, yeah. It was, and it, that's so powerful. Um, okay. So I have a question. It's a fun one. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. So who is your dream director and dream co-star that you would love to work with? Ooh, I know. Oh, then they're going to see it later on when I work with them. They're going to say I had a crush on them or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or we'll just, we'll send this oh. in to them and be like, see, look, she's amazing in this movie. You should watch it. I, I'm just joking. Of course. <laughs> I, I always, always, my dream director is Steven Spielberg. I love Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, I love Michael Bay movies. I mean, but Steven Spielberg is just someone that I always dreamt of working out. And of course, of course, I want to meet Clint Eastwood. Oh. I don't know about working with him, but I, I want to, you know, because, uh, you know, he's just my dream director and an actor. He's so talented. Clint Eastwood. He really is. Yeah. He really is. And like the sad thing about him and like the thing that I love that since he's older now, he's, older. And he's branching out. We'll never work with him, but, you know, um, we can hope. We'll send it out. Hey, Clint Eastwood, if you're listening to us. I just want to say hi to him. I love him so much. <laughs> well, and he was typecast in the Spaghetti Western yes, until yes. he was like older. And then now he's like got Gran Torino and like all of these million dollar baby. And dollar he finally baby. broke out of that typecast. And yeah. You can see his range and it's incredible. The range and the, as a director, he's so powerful mm -hmm. as a director. Yes. I mean, his movies are just, you know, you watch them and it's always a great story that's he always manages to get the movies with a great with scripts with a great story yes he does oh, speaking of spaghetti westerns <laughs> i did watch death rider in the house of vampires oh yeah i was told that that was the movie we were going to be talking about uh -huh. so i watched it i wrote all my questions for it and then it was like no we're doing chapters i was like okay i'll watch that one too like i'm not gonna complain <laughs> but um so that one looked like a fun movie to work on. It just looked like sheer yeah. joy. Oh, because yeah, it's, it's a fun. spaghetti western spoof reminiscent Ooh. of like yeah. the 1970s grindhouse movies. So yeah. uh, it, what was your favorite part of taking of, of like doing that film? Uh, it's just really fun to play a vampire. You know, mm -hmm. I've never been a vampire before and this was my lucky opportunity. So um, it just, you know, wear those things and, and walk around. I was playing a madam. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was supplying the girls to the vampires in the sanctuary. Right. And, and I love the I loved the costumes. Like, yeah, I loved your dress. So beautiful. Cool. Like, your hairstyle. And um, this was a wig uh, made out of human hair. And it looked just oh, like 
human hair. You yeah, I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. And your accent was great, too. I just need to tell you that. <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a Texas girl, so I can always kind of pick out accents like a Knives Out. I, I love <laughs> yeah. Daniel Craig, but mm-hmm. his accent wasn't super great in that one. And I was like... Ugh. But you did such a great I tried. Job. And you know, it, and you know, the thing is for me, I've never done Southern accent before in my life because I'm mm-hmm. Eastern European. So English is not my first language. Right. But, but Southern accent is challenging. But the yes. thing is, if the more you listen to it, the more if you immerse yourself into that environment, which I was not in that environment. I had a friend of mine who, when I was putting audition together, he, he uh, read it to me. You know, we had sides. I said, can you please read it to me so I can like play it a few times in my head. And then I tried to repeat the way how he sounded, <laughs> you know. Right. And um, and then Glenn, every time we would be like doing my scenes, Glenn would be like, do it this way, do it that way. And then he would be like, like guiding. He, he, he thought it was fun. He thought it was great that, you know, uh, I never did this other accent before. And here we go. Here you go. It was amazing. You did a, you did really Thank well. You. And I, I mean, really. that movie was just really fun to watch. I haven't, it's, it's one of those that has, it's not around anymore. Like I literally haven't seen one that's like that since the eighties in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was a nice track down memory lane for how they, they, they felt back then. <laughs> and so it was amazing. Thank you so much for watching everything and being so diligent. Well, thank you. It was fun. I enjoy it. It's it's a thrill. So much like acting for you, you just enjoy it. It's not work. It's, I mean, it's work, but it's fun work. It's fun work. It's fun. Whenever it's fun, they only think it was really cold there on the set because it was outside and it was winter time in California. <laughs> but everything else was fun and amazing. That's I had a good time. great. Well, so. Um, where can everybody find you social media wise? Uh, you can find me um, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, at official Yulia Klaas, similar on Twitter. And our uh, movie website is captorsmovie.com. Captorsmovie.com. Yeah, not the movie. Um, and uh, we have some behind the scenes there. We've got production steals. We have um, the red carpet from our private screening for cast and crew. Uh, if someone is interested, they can go there and check it out. Oh, that's fun. And where can they buy, like, where would they be able to find captors? Like Best captors, Buy? Uh, yeah, so captors is available right now on all VOD platforms, you know, Apple, Amazon, um, Hulu, uh, YouTube, etc. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming and talking with me and taking some time out of your day to to speak with me on such a profound and emotionally empowering uh, movie and if you guys haven't seen captors like it's 10 out of 10 like if I could do 11 oh, out of 10 I much. would but you guys should all watch this you will not be disappointed oh thank you 